Good morning, and peace be with you. We have some announcements this morning, some very important announcements, and um, I'd like to point you out to the graduate page here, and uh, we kept getting more and more graduates listed in there, and I'm looking through there, and I think it's probably because of um, Helen, because she wins with four graduates. Wow, way to go, Grandma. (laughs) But I would like you to take a look at that, because we have some proud, proud grandparents, uh, Jan's grandson, Eldred's granddaughter. Um, Well, we're not grandparents, but our son, David. Um, Sean Christian's daughter, uh, Allison. Uh, Laurel Jones has two granddaughters that uh, achieved matriculation, one with a, uh, a master's degree, looks like, and, uh, in science and engineering management, and uh, both of them with master's, and master's of sports management. So um, this is a, a time of celebration, unlike any other season we've done. I mean, the fact of the matter is they got through, right? And, um, but uh, we'll look back at uh, 2020, some of us will just sigh, <laughs> heavenly, <laughs> heavily. So um, that's the most important thing that I have uh, to uh, bring about. Um, just to let you know that during these trying times, uh, we are looking for guidance, and we look for it and find it in a lot of different sources. And it's uh, confusing when the sources are at odds with each other. When one day this is how we manage it and the next day this is how we manage it. And in this time that can cause frustration and it can cause division. It can separate uh, friendships and family and even churches. And I want to um, point you to the cross as I always do, and Christ and Him crucified. Today's sermon is going to be about the cross, about God's Word, and in the time when there is confusion, we know that one thing remains the same, and that is God. He does not change, and so we put our faith and our trust in Him, and just the best that we can, let the other stuff just take care of itself. So let us stand and let us sing our opening hymn, which is Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, page 165.
we come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are in the age of sinful under the We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole hearts. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your presence in eternal punishment. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you and for his sake. He forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. 
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, since you have caused all Holy Scripture to be written for our learning, grant that we may so hear them, read them, mark them, learn them, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first readings from the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 10 through 13, and can be found on page 1149 in the Pew Bible. Uh, you're going to listen to the words of Isaiah as he compares water to God's word. Isaiah 55, 10 through 13. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seeds for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper, and instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. We'll read Psalm 65, verses 1 through 13, responsibly, which is printed in your bulletin. Page 6. Psalm 65, 1 through 13. Praise awaits you, our God in Zion. To you, our vows will be fulfilled. You When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. You answer us with awesome and righteous deeds, God our Savior, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. The roaring of their waves and the turmoil of the nations. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide people with grain, so you have ordained it. You, 
You crown the year with your bounty, and your hearts overflow with abundance. The meadows are covered with flocks, and the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. The epistle this morning is taken from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 12 through 17, and can be found on page 1757 in the Pew Bible. Paul writes how this Holy Spirit leads us to trust that we are heirs, privileged to call God our Father. So Romans 8, 12 through 17. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. Matthew, chapter 13, verses 1 through 9 and 18 through 23, and can be found in your pew Bible on page 1516. Matthew 13. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and he sat in it, and while all the people stood on the shore. And then he told them many things in parables, saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and they ate it. Now some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Now other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. And still other, other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, a hundred, 
60 or 30 times what was sold, excuse me, sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and he snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of the wealth of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. It is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, and I'll say it again because we know nothing Nothing good comes from any other source than Jesus. Amen? I'm going to come at this uh, lesson this morning two different ways. The first one, a little softer, and then the second attempt is going to take a little more effort on your part. You know, before I get started... Uh, this morning, David and I were driving up and um, on K-Wave, I think it's 107.5 or 105.7, one of those. Uh, J. Vernon McGee, pastor that was out of Los Angeles, is on there. And he's been passed away at least 30 years. And he was preaching, and, and he preaches, if you've not heard him before, a um, what we would probably tag, for lack of a better words, um, fire and brimstone. Um, I mean to tell you, he just strips the listener away. And I'm listening to it, and I'm thinking about David, and I'm going, buddy, uh, I need, when it finished, I said, I need to talk to you about it. I said, you know, one of the important things as we learn from God's Word and as we study God's Word, and as you listen to a pastor, you need to know who the audience is or who the audience was at the time to have the meaning for that. So when Jesus is talking in the boat to the crowd, you know, who is the audience? And then when J. Vernon McGee is on the radio and he is talking about Christ through the uh, revelation of John, and Christ is described with white hair and eyes that are on fire. That ain't the lamb, that's the lion. And when he is talking about 
he being J. Vernon McGee, that apart from Christ, you're going to hell, he says, and, and you will be judged, and if you think you're doing fine, you're not. And it just, I kind of went, I got a little bit anxious. And I needed to tell him, and I need to tell you, that the audience, that the person that that was being told to is not the believer. Not the one who has been grafted into the vine. Not the baptized believer, the one who confesses Christ with his lips. That's for the one who is out there that thinks all roads lead to heaven. I'm a nice guy. Lord, thank you for making me like me and not that guy. That's who that message is for. And so in the parable that is said today, told today, I don't want you to think too much about you. (laughs) I want you to think about Jesus and the Holy Spirit. All right, here we go. Matthew 13, 23. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what is sown. Now, some of you, I look out, and uh, some of you have grown up or lived on a farm. Have you, has anyone out there raised your hand if you have? Okay, there we go. All right, so... Um, some of you have not, but I would say most of you have planted a garden. Who here has planted a garden, right? And you know um, what it takes to plant a garden. You know that there's a lot of work involved. You know that in the planting and the caring of the garden, there are some things and some tools that you're going to need. And it starts before you ever plant, right? Don't you have to check out the soil, make sure that it is been treated, that it has been prepared, right? Would you plant on a pathway? Would you plant in the middle of thorns or in rocks? Well, it depends where you live. If you're in South Texas, there's a lot of rocks down there, and you spend a lot of time getting rocks out of those areas, and then uh, uh, you, know, you have uh, stumps that are there for years and years, and you go around. But anyway, pre- preparation of the soil is key. You need to hoe, you need to chop down the weeds, and you need to protect your garden from things that would want to take over. I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, and we had an area in our backyard that was um, really, really beautiful soil. It had come from um, a creek, and so it was really soft Um, not the Franciscan clay that is up there that doesn't retain any water. Um, This was good stuff. And my dad, every year, would get out there with a rototiller, and it was a big rototiller, and we would go and we would get steer manure, and my grandpa, who was a farmer, would laugh. He goes, you guys pay for that? And uh, my mama would say, well, Dad, you know, Daddy, um, that's a long drive to go all the way up to Northern California to pick up some steer, you know what. So, um, but every year that would be tended, and oh, the magic of seeing it spring forward, and, 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 I, and you can realize and you can appreciate the fact that tenfold, I mean, anyone that's ever grown a, a garden of any size, um, after a while, it's overwhelming, 
And we didn't do a lot of canning. Uh, we did a little more freezing, but all of our neighbors got a lot of a lot of vegetables, you know, a lot of tomatoes. Thank you, Peg. Those are delightful. Um, corn and string beans and zucchini and all that stuff. I mean, the abundance was an amazing thing to see. And I think one of the, the pointed uh, points that I want to bring out to you is how much effort did those plants put into growing? None. I mean, those string beans, they weren't going... Trying to make beans come out, nor were the radishes, they always come up first, nor was the corn. So, when you hear this parable, I want you to not think about you. Am I good soil? Maybe I'm rocky soil. Boy, I want to be a thousand times. You are just soil. And that word has been planted into you. And just relax and let it grow. Can I get an amen on that? Okay. Oftentimes, we can take gospel, we can take any message in, this, in Scripture and turn it into law. And we can take this particular Scripture and we can look at it and say, well, you know what? I, I, maybe I need to be inspecting fruit. My fruit looks really good. Now let me look at yours. You know, we have a tendency to want to, to personalize this. So, here, here I'm going to go a different way now. It's a, a little more work on your part. Are there pencils in front of you still? Will you guys write down um, just a couple of um, scriptures to look at in a, in, you know, when you get done uh, today and sometime during this week? The first one, Matthew 13, 1 through 9, and you can just put Matt, M-A-T-T, and 13... Verses 1 through 9. Then I want you to write down Matt 13, 18 through 23. And then I want you to write down John 15, 1 through 6. And then I want you to write down Romans. You can put R-O-M or R, whatever works for you. Romans 8, verse 1. And I want you to actually read all the way through today's uh, uh, Scripture reading. And um, I think that was, if it would be 1, it would be 1 through 17. There's your gospel, by the way. There's your good news. Paul wrote it. And then I want you to write down Romans 8, 6 and 8. We're almost done. Galatians 2, 18, 2, 18 through 2. And then also Romans 8, 9 to 11. These are all little bits, okay? So I would just uh, bear with me and, and uh, please take a look at them during this week. Why? Well, as I said earlier, um, there's so much information out there that's so confusing. 
And it's, it can, speaking from my own personal thing, this last week, listening to all the stuff that was going on, information overload, I started feeling despair. I started wondering, who's going to rescue us from this? Where is our hope? And here it is in Scripture. Here it is in the Word that never changes. And so I think, I know that as believers in Christ, baptized believers who have the Holy Spirit in them, that you can revisit and, 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 and partake of this seed and, and, and allow it to comfort you, and I hope you do. So Jesus spoke many times in parables. This is the beginning of the sermon, by the way. Really? You've been going on for five, eight minutes. In today's gospel, we have a familiar parable that we've heard before. And it goes like this. He told them many things in parables, and he said, listen, and a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up, and other seeds fell on the rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly. And since they had no depth of soil, but when the sun rose up, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. And we read that other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them out. And other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, and some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. And Matthew is, that's Matthew 13, 1 through 9. The parable had nothing to do with seed planting. Or did it? Are we talking about literal seeds here? No. The Spirit is the planter. And Jesus is the seed. The parable is about hearing the word of God. And Jesus interprets the parable for his disciples. He says to them, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one, comes and snatches away what is sown in his heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. And as for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields. In one case a hundredfold, in another case sixty, and in another thirty. We are living in an age full of thorns. What was true at the time of Jesus when he is telling this to the crowds from his boat, it's equally true today. There are persecutions against Christians today. In fact, they are on the rise. Even in this country, 
This last week, there was a church that I saw the video, and you can go out there and see it yourself, where people were trying to come into that church, and there was a group out there that felt that it was their right to physically assault, verbally assault, these people going into a church. And that ought not be. But compared to other parts of the world, Christians are taken out of their churches and they're murdered. And that ought not be. And what we find here in this world of thorns that nominal Christians are taking cover. Hiding, hiding their faith. And that's not an option. Certainly not a good option. This week on Monday, there was printed out in the California Department of Health manual in regards to opening up Houses of worship and we're in a time of COVID-19. In the past, it said it is recommended. There were recommendations, and we are following recommendations. But on Monday, it said churches must not sing in worship, must not chant in worship. This ought not be. Reading from the Gospel of John, John records what Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. Do we have any orchard people here? I mean, I know you've pinched flowers and made them bloom even more, right? That's what he's talking about. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I imbi- as I ab- ab- come on, Kenny. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from you, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. Apart from Christ, we can do nothing. Apart from the Word, there is nothing. We weren't designed to be alone. We weren't designed to be our own island, as some would say. We were designed to be a part of the vine. 
and you here today are grafted in. And you were grafted in in your baptism where the old you died and the new you came up and you were clothed in Christ, justified. Back to the parable. Jesus is the good seed. And the question would be, are we good soil? Well, we cannot be unless we are fertilized by the Spirit of God. We could want to be good soil. We could want to not be rocky soil, but we are not in charge of that. But we know the farmer. And we trust in him. And we find comfort in that. I mean, I don't want you walking away wondering, am I good soil or am I bad soil or am I rocky or am I thorns? You are subject to it all in this world, in this life now. So are you good soil? Yeah. Yeah. You are, because Jesus made that you in that way. But you are living amongst thorns that are going to try to choke you out. Here is the gospel from Paul. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free Did you hear that? You're free. You are free from the law of sin and of death. For God has done what the law, which was weakened by the flesh, could not do by sending his Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and to deal with sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the just requirement of the law may be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. What does that mean, Pastor? Christ and Him crucified. Are you good soil? Yes. Why? Christ and Him crucified. Who's going to deliver me if I go off into the weeds? Anyone golf here? Yeah, they're all going, no, no, no. Yeah, I know you all were in the weeds on Friday. There will be no weeds in heaven. Nothing but long drives right in the middle of that fairway. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That is what our Father in heaven did for us. And Paul says that we can call on him and say, Abba, Father, Daddy, I'm in the weeds. He'd say, I know. Don't be there. Come on. Let me remind you of your baptism where I washed all that weeds off and all the other stuff that's out there. You're mine. Get back in the fairway. Paul continues with this. To set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. 
For this reason, the mind is set on the flesh. The mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. The people that were beaten up people going to church, the people that are killing Christians for being Christians, the people that are doing all kinds of repugnant things to the family of God, the church of God, are in the flesh. They do not know what they're doing in that classic sense. That's the one. Those are the ones that Jesus was calling out for the Father to have mercy on. And we were once those, but not anymore. Why? Christ and him crucified. Remember your baptism. Well, that's awful convenient, Pastor. Yes, it is, and thank God for that. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And here's the really icky part of all of this. Because even though we died a death like his, and we have experienced a resurrection like his, our flesh always tries to protect itself. And the last thing that our flesh wants is any sort of persecution. The flesh, which is our old self, needs to be crucified daily. What does that look like in in real life? I'm just going to tell you myself. The longest time, if you take a look at David, I was skinnier than him. You're not skinny. You're just right. I couldn't gain weight if I wanted to. Now I walk by a stick of butter and my cholesterol hits 325. I can't lose weight. And my flesh says, you know what would be good right now? A double-double, animal style, right? My mind says, no, that's not good for you. Have you seen the blood reports that you've had in the past? By the way, how many times have you gotten stints? Ah, The flesh says, don't be a weenie. Go get a double-double. Get two of them. Why not? And a chocolate shake. That is the flesh. What is your flesh telling you to do? What are the Thor ice cream? I heard that, Helen. Uh, what (laughs) What is your flesh telling you to do that's warring in you? And these are not mortal sins. They are just examples to let you know how we are all in a battle right now. And that battle has been won by Christ, but we get to experience that discomfort until we leave this place. Wrap it up, Pastor. Okay, I will. If I build up again, Paul writes, if I build up again the very things that I once tore down, then I demonstrate that I am a transgressor. For through the law I died to the law so that I might live to God. He says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me 
and gave himself for me. Have you heard those before? For me? This is his body given for you. This is his blood shed for you. This is the gospel. This is the good seed that you're going to be planted with and have been this entire service and will through the table here. The good seed that grows in you, that gives you hope. By the Holy Spirit, God has given us a promise. And that's found again in Paul's letter in Romans. This is chapter 8, 9 through 11. Hear this good news, okay? This will get you through. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit. Since the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, and He is, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and He does, He who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies, also through His Spirit that dwells in you. We need the Word. The world, the, the weeds, the thorns will choke us out. St. Mattress will say, I'll oh, just stay in. Today's the only day you got to take it easy. And that's just on Sunday. But y'all need to eat every day of the week. Amen? Why? Because it's life. We need Jesus. And we also need His Spirit. And with His Spirit, we are free. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and it does, He who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through His Spirit that dwells in you. In you. That same spirit that brought Jesus up from the dead opened the door to that tomb where he cries out from a tomb, I have new life for you. That same spirit dwells in you. That same spirit prepared your soil. That same spirit seals you in your baptism. That same Spirit, you were marked by the cross. That same Spirit will cause you a hundred times, sixty times, thirty times of multiplication for God's will and God's purpose without you maybe even knowing it. He's working in you and through you for His purpose. 
all of you. And that's good news. In the name of Jesus, amen. Will you please stand? Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father
As a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray. Dear Lord and God Almighty, we gather this morning to praise your holy name as Heavenly Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us through another week of uncertainty, fear for our nation's future, and worry about viruses and other diseases. Thank you for illuminating the constant deceit and fear-mongering in our news media, the hate in our social media, and the sins we all commit in our daily lives against the backdrop of your perfect commandments for our lives. Thank you for constantly reminding us that we need not fear because you are in control of the world, even where Satan seems to rule. Thank you for causing your word and the constant failures of human wisdom to be written down in Holy Scripture for our benefit, especially since we can't seem to remember the lessons you have taught us since Adam and Eve first walked the earth. Thank you for tolerating our stubbornness, relentless disregard for your directions in our lives, and petulant disrespect for you, the creator of the universe. Because of your great mercy towards your faithful in this land you have provided us, we are bold to ask that you save us from the evil forces surrounding us. There seems no end to the hate and destruction perpetrated by the faithless in our society. Their messages delivered in the mainstream media, social media sites, schools, and universities are very clever and seek to entice naive younger people into believing false doctrine, both secular and religious. Their numbers seem to grow as Christians fade into the background. Holy Spirit, embolden us to stand resolute against those who attack our Judeo-Christian values. They come directly from you and seek to destroy our nation. Grant us wisdom in our interactions with our enemies and protect us from their relentless attacks. Heavenly Father, we thank your Holy Spirit for our faith in your saving Son, Jesus. We trust in our heavenly future with him and can find peace within our faith, but you know our anxiety and fear during our time on earth. Please show us your almighty presence in our lives so that our fears turn to joy and contentment in the security you provide. Lord, we pray for government leaders and representatives who are faithful to your precepts for our, our lives. Please protect those who serve to protect their citizens and seek peace with others while causing the removal of those who do not. God Almighty, we pray for a solution to the various viruses and diseases threatening our world. Please guide us towards a solution to the harm being imposed on the world's population. Also, we pray for the protection of those facing the destruction of severe weather, drought, and famine. The world you created is hurting, and we don't know how to fix it. So we bow our heads in humility to you and seek your word to save all you have created. Thank you for our nation and the freedoms we enjoy as citizens, especially the freedom to worship you as you commanded. Our freedoms are under attack, and we pray that we are wise enough to recognize the many blessings you have provided and will be willing to sacrifice our complacency to ensure the blessings of future generations. We pray for the safety of our military members, police, and firefighters, 
Please continue to shield all of them from harm and keep them honorable in the performance of their dangerous professions while serving others. We pray for those who have lost their jobs and struggle with the financial means to feed their families and provide shelter. Help us be generous with our gifts towards others. Thank you, Holy Father, for protecting those who travel and take vacations from the troubles of our daily lives. Please cause their souls to be refreshed. Holy Father, thank you for our church family and our pastor who preaches your law and saving grace in Holy Scripture. We pray for the safety of those who worship here and your protective embrace of all faithful wherever they are. We also give thanks for healing those among us who are ill or suffering. Dear God Almighty, thank you for hearing and answering our prayers. Please give us patience to await your answers when your timing is perfect. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace responsibly from a distance. Will you please stand? What, what happened? <laughs> uh, thank you, Father. Will you pray with me? Merciful Father, 
we offer with joy and thanksgiving. Well, you know what? I did the wrong thing. Let's try that again. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord, our God. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection he opened up to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus, he took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his triumphant glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us, our Father, who art in heaven. This is 
evidence of the check that our Father in Heaven wrote for us to ransom us. He wrote that check in His Son's blood. And that check cleared. Because we know this on that triumphant Sunday when He came and He said from that tomb, I have new life for you. All who would believe You are good soil, not because of what you did. And you carry good seed because of what he did for you. And you will produce, not of your own efforts, but that's what good fruit does when it's grafted into the vine. This is good seed from the planter. The table's prepared, and you may be seated, and the ushers will bring you forward.
Will you please stand? There's a, uh, there's a practice by some churches, some pastors, um, in the giving of the word. In, 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 in Lutheran theology, it's law and gospel, and, and Luther said there is a proper distinction between the two. And there's many ways to do it wrong. And Luther recognized that, and if anyone does it really, really well consistently, then he can have my saying, Luther saying, my professor's cap. One of the things in the, in, when I was going to the theological seminary, they said, do not do law, gospel, and then law. That's like saying, okay, so now this is what you're, this is the law, this is the gospel, now go do. And I almost got flunked out of theology school. You go, that's not a surprise. I said, well, what about our admonition at the end? Let us go in peace and serve the Lord. Isn't that kind of law, gospel, law? And I got one of those see me after class. My point being this, I'm going to give you a little marching order. And I hope that I'm forgiven. I know that the Lord does whether or not Dr. Seafelt would or not, I can't tell you. But that's this. You've been given the Word. You've been given the Spirit. And I said earlier, being a nominal Christian is really not an option. You can pray, and I know you do, but you can pray even more about the things that are happening in this world. You can use your voice in circles of influence to make a change, and that is in the persecution of Christians and of the church. It ought not be, and it is. And so I want you to think about that. I want you to look at that scripture that you were given this morning and read it this week and think about it. And ask the Lord this prayer. <laughs> I dare you. I double dog dare you. I, uh, I dare you to say, Lord, what would you like me to do for you? And then listen. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And our closing hymn is, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less.